Welcome everyone to the Popularity Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Larry. Yeah, he's Larry. Yeah, I'm going to vouch for that. Uh, Larry, uh, good to see you. The people can't see you, but I can see you. Yes. And I'm thankful for that. I just want everyone to know how thankful I am that I can see you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, Lynn. That's <laughs> uh, Steve. He is such a jerk. Anyway, we're going to talk about Revelation 10, Lair. Why is Revelation 10 a very important uh, chapter in this book? Well, there's a couple of things here, Steve. Number one, we didn't get to the seventh um, trumpet. Remember? True. We got to the sixth trumpet, and now we're doing some kind of an interlude. Remember chapter mm. seven was an interlude? Mm -hmm. Chapter 10 is an interlude. So, so we're going to get to the seventh trumpet, which actually doesn't exist, right? Because you're in heaven. Okay. But, um, but right now we're in the interlude, and this... For me, this is a really important chapter because it is so, it, it is such a departure from anybody who wants to look at this book literally. Ah, ah. In my yes. mind, it yes. is. And 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 I'll and I'll show you why as we go through. Okay. All right, folks. It's actually a pretty short chapter, um, but we we'll, we've got good things to say about it. So I'm going to read from. Uh, we'll drag it on, Steve. We'll drag <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anyone knew how to add pages to an essay, it's these two guys that you're listening <laughs> to right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But other than uh, Guy Sappled, I think Guy was Guy oh, was the king of that. Guy was the king of that. Oh yeah, he he had yeah. the greatest story of ever. Um, <clears throat> so we'll we'll read down to verse seven, and then we'll let Larry talk us through it. Okay. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head, and his face was like the sun, and his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he called out in a loud voice like a lion roaring. When he called out, seven the seven thunders sounded, and when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, and that there would be no more delay. But in that day's the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel the mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. Crazy, isn't it, Steve? Oh, oh, no. and there's, symb there's symbolism all the way through this, isn't there? Heavy, heavy symbolism that, you know, normally we just don't understand, but, right. but, um, but because it's symbolism, we can, we can say just about anything we want. And, should be, and we'll be very close. <laughs> let, me, let me interpret the dark meaning of this. <laughs> yes, Except there is yes. no dark meaning of this. There's only a good meaning of this. Yes. I'm always very positive if it's a matter of opinion. Yes. Um, so first of all, it's another angel. Remember, there's angels all the way through this book. Hmm. And the angels are messengers of God. Remember in chapter one, there were angels um, and and we, some people thought these angels might just be the pastors of churches and things. And that, that comes from um, uh, an attitude that there's no such thing as angels. Mm, mm. But, um, but here, here you've got another one. You've got another messenger from God. He's coming down from heaven. He's wrapped in a cloud. He's got a rainbow over his head and his face is like the sun. He sounds a lot like God. Yes. But, um, but he's probably not. And I'm saying right. he and... 
because it says his. So I guess I'm okay yeah. to say he. And and his legs are like pillars of fire. So so you get the impression that this angel is is massive. He's one of the seraphim, maybe, because remember, seraphim means burning ones. Right. And he's one of these, and he and he's come down and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. So I don't know what direction he's pointing if he does that. I guess it depends on what shore you're on. But but he's standing there like that. When we were in PEI, I one day stood with my right foot in the sea and my left foot on the land. And I said to Lynn, look, <laughs> I, I too am a great angel. <laughs> That's but, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the sun was shining, so my legs were on fire. So it was. It was <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right. I hadn't applied sunscreen. They were burning. That's right. So you can do that no matter how big you are. But the point here is that this angel is huge. Right. He, he is massive. Um, and, and he's powerful. His voice is like a roaring lion. Right. So everything about this says says power and strength and dominion. And so, um, and he calls out the seven thunders. And whenever you do the book of Revelation, you get the seven seals, right? Then the seven trumpets and then the seven bowls. But, but people don't talk about the seven thunders because there's nothing to talk about. Because the seven thunders, he speaks them. John says... I was about to write down what the seven thunders said, just like he did with the seals and the trumpets. I was about to write it down. And the angel um, I saw standing on the land swore by him who lives forever. He swore by God, right? Mm -hmm. So he, he, he gave an oath. Not He didn't swear. He gave an oath by God, the one who created heaven and earth and all that's in it and the sea. And he said, there's not going to be any more delay. We are there. We are in heaven. Right. And he says, but in that day, the days of the trumpet will be sounded. The seventh angel will, will um, do his thing and the mystery of God will be revealed. So he, he brings you back to the seventh trumpet. Right. Tells you not to say what's in the seven thunders. Yes. Seal up the yes. thunders, thunders and do not write it down. <sighs> so. The big thing for anybody who wants to look at this book in a very literal fashion, if you're going to say there's going to be seven seals, and then there's going to be seven trumpets, and then there's going to be seven bowls, and then there's going to be the end of time, and every one of these are going to have these things happen, John will mess you up right now. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, ah, but there's, there's seven thunders that you don't know anything about. There's a piece in this book that I'm not going to tell you anything about. Right. Which is amazing, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and to me, it's a part that says God is so completely in control of, mm. of this of this whole thing that's going on. Now, some say the seven thunders, the the not saying the seven thunders is to protect that they were so horrific that John couldn't say them to protect the um, the mind of the innocent or the mind of the people. Because because they're and some say, well, no, this angel with the rainbow, this this is um, you know, remember remember the rainbow in the early part of scripture. That was God's promise of uh, of I will never I will never you know flood the world again. This right. is God's promise. So he's saying this angel is coming with God's promise, and the thunders are a promise from God. The beauty is we have no idea what those thunders are. Right. 
Right. And what we what we have to know is that the angel said, seal up the thunders. Here comes the seventh trumpet, and I'm taking you straight to heaven. There's no more delay. The end is here. Right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Kind of weird, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes. But such a good point that there is a bit of this revelation that has still been withheld from the people because God yeah. just chose to do so. It's funny because I think back to the book of Daniel. This, by the way, this, um, oh, I'll do that. I think back to the book of Daniel and Daniel at one point writes down a bunch of stuff and he says, I have no idea what's going on. And and he gets the message, go ahead and write it. It's, it's for future generations. Hmm. So, so he writes what he doesn't understand. John doesn't get to write what he does understand. Right. Yeah, because John John knew what he knew what he had heard. Right. He was a, literally going to write it down. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I took my um, I took my writing instrument. <laughs> yes. Yes. His quill. His. Yes. His my calligraphy chisel. <laughs> chisel. Whatever they Ch use. Chisel or. Yeah. Going to scrape it onto the hide. And um, and God says no, but then He does say, the seventh angel is going to going to sound his trumpet, from yeah. from the seven trumpets. Yeah. yeah, amazing, eh? It is truly is. All right, let's pick it up at verse eight. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke again to me, saying, "Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land." So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll, and he said to me, "Take and eat it." It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I'd eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. And we were saying earlier, you and I, that this, this is definitely um, looking back on Ezekiel chapter 3. <clears throat> And other other places, but Ezekiel is the one where um, where Ezekiel hears from God, and then God says, um, "Go and eat the scroll and fill your belly." Uh, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> it says in this in this version that we use, right? Yeah. And um, and then it's going to taste sweet in your mouth. But the difference between this and Ezekiel is Ezekiel doesn't say that it's going to be bitter in your stomach. Hmm. Although to Ezekiel he says. You're going to go and you're going to talk to people that understand what you're saying. I'm not sending you to foreign lands. Mm -hmm. I'm sending you to your to the people of Israel, your own people. Mm -hmm. They'll understand you and they won't pay any attention to your message, which is very much what happens in Revelation, right? John mm -hmm. gives the message. Yeah. Um, you read it in chapter 9, and all those people that heard did not believe. They yeah. didn't change their ways. Yeah, Still and, they did not repent, right? And still they did not repent of their idolatry and sexual immorality and and all the other stuff that goes on pretty commonly today. So in case we want to throw that little piece in there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but, true. Um, yeah. yeah, very, very, very true. And so so this angel takes the scroll, and the scroll sounds like the scroll from chapter six. Mm -hmm. But um, most people say, no, it's not the same scroll. It's it's you know, it's just a like we would nowadays say it's just a book that he takes. And um, and he eats it. And he says, now you have to go and prophesy again. Yeah. The end is coming. Go and tell them some more. And and that's the end of our interlude. And now we're ready for, for chapter 11. And chapter 11 is going to be the two witnesses. And it, it completely takes you back into the 
into the realm of of possibility for for literal interpretation. Okay. But but here it's it's an interlude and people will often some will say he's protecting us from the horrors, but you look at the rest and you think how much hor more horrible can it be than the rest of this book, really? Right. You know? Right. <clears throat> right. And to a people that were suffering um, who wanted judgment on the earth, they I'm not sure they would have thought of anything could, would have been horrors, right? <laughs> They're going to go, we're the saints. We're going home. It's all good. You're absolutely right. They are, <clears throat> you know, they, these people are, are facing immense persecution. Most of us think so. There's the odd person that'll say, you know, the book of Revelation was written to a church that was actually doing really well. But mm. most will say, no, 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 no. There, there's, there's persecution to all of, to many of these seven churches. Remember, Laodicea was doing really well, but Smyrna and Pergamum and, um, right. and them weren't. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so here, here's the message, right? And John's told, continue on and prophesy some more. And that's, that's where we're done for today. Yeah. Buddy, that was awesome. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Folks, I hope you got a sense of just the the feeling of uh, how, it's, like Larry said, this interlude, this almost this breath, you know, like a, a big inhale before an exhale is coming. And um, so, yeah, we have this interlude and, you know, God steps in and says he's in control. Once again, I'm in control. Now we're going to take you back into, like Larry said, into the two witnesses. All right. So we will see you in a week's time or hear you in a week's time or you'll hear us in a week's time. That's really where I was trying to get to. Um, but thank you so much for joining us on this. We'll see you again in a week.